welcome back to How It's About. This is our 10th episode anniversary, or sort of. I'm maybe just thinking about our anniversary, which is in one week. Whoa, two years. Anyway, we are so excited to share about Nepal. We've titled this one, Nepal, is that a cloud or a mountain? Because literally you'd be looking at the skyline and you couldn't tell. Is it a cloud or a mountain? It's so high, literally the top of the world. So we are super stoked to share about Nepal. Enjoy. Okay, so we wanted to start this episode off with introducing ourselves. We're realizing that some of our listeners don't know us personally. So my name is Lauren. And I'm Justin. And we are the Houses and... About five and a half months ago, we left our jobs after saving up for a big world travel. So we've seen uh, about 10 countries at this point and spent a, a good amount of time in each um, just to kind of see what God is up to in the world. So on this episode, what you're going to hear is we're going to give you an overview of Nepal, uh, what we experienced and felt and just kind of um, the culture. Uh, we're going to highlight a friend of ours who is who moved to Nepal and is doing some really good work here. We'll share an adventure that we experienced, and then we're going to have a, a brief discussion. We're going to delve briefly into um, anxiety and some anxiety that we've experienced on this trip related to some pretty extreme things that we've done. So, uh, yeah, you can look forward to that. Justin's going to tell you about Nepal. So Nepal slowly made it into our itinerary. Uh, First, when we ran into our friend in Spokane back before we left, and she's like, I'm going to be back in Nepal. You should come visit. We're like, oh my gosh, maybe we should. And Lauren was talking a bit to her off and on, saying, yep, I think we're going to come this time. We're not sure. Uh, then we met some friends in Thailand who were doing some climbing around on the rocks, and and we asked, they're actually doing a very similar trip, um, and we asked them, well, where where are you excited about going next? And they said, oh my gosh, Nepal. Like That's the centerpiece of our trip. We're, we're doing trekking. It's it's during this time of year, you know, May or whatever. It's like the perfect time, one of two times you really should go and trek in Nepal. And we're like, oh, that's something you should do. And um, our friend Maggie had uh, done some trekking there as well. So sort of on our radar, but uh, definitely not a, a big formal plan. Um, but then we just pulled the trigger and bought tickets to Kathmandu. And uh, first thing we noticed, the people are just so happy. They're so generous. Um, they're smiling often. Uh People often greet with namaste, you know, just a sweet, sweet greeting uh, from everybody. Lauren might mention that a bit later. Um, but we, yeah, we're just delighted by the people. It's, it's very approachable. You know, I think um, some places have taken just a little bit longer to figure out the culture, to figure out how to kind of interact in a respectful way. Uh, the pe people really tended to help us out help us out in in the sense of conversation and just kind of filling in the, the gaps and uh, there's definitely a lot of people who spoke English especially in um, the more popular tourist areas so that was that was awesome and um, I think another observation I had uh, New Zealand I mentioned their the culture of outdoor recreation uh, has really helped shape their culture and I've, I've seen this also in Nepal where uh, especially the two parts that we went to um, very much the Himalayas and all the people that come to do many different kinds of act activities out in the outdoors. Um, I have sensed the Nepali people really have a pride in sharing that part of their country. And uh, also as individuals, uh, different people we talked to that were from there said, oh yeah, I'm excited about going trekking too. Me and my friends are going to go maybe next next year or whatever. And, um, you know, people are into mountain biking, all kinds of different stuff. Mm. And not just for the tourist industry dynamic they, they're really into 
uh, trekking and horseback riding with in the high country because it's part of their culture. It's it's something they value. Um, so I don't know how to put that in a nutshell, but that the access to these different areas is really well thought out. The just the value of um, sharing the beauty of the Himalayas with people. Um, we felt very invited. I'll say that much. Totally. And I will agree with that. And I think it was really encouraging to see so many Nepali people out when we were trekking. They are enjoying the mountains and oftentimes you'll just see them, uh, midway through their work. Maybe they're bringing baskets of things up from one mountain village to the next, but they're just sitting and looking out and enjoying the nature and just seeing it. So we thought that was really beautiful. Um, I'm going to share a bit about some, some cultural things, some, some gestures and greetings, as well as the music and dance culture in Nepal. Um, the first is that, as Justin mentioned, namaste is a greeting. It's a very informal, just like really casual namaste. It just means hello, which is kind of interesting because I, I kind of thought that it had, uh, you know, kind of more of a religious connotation to it. and It, it can. But it can and it does, but it's a, it's a very casual greeting. So yeah, that was how, how we learned to say hello. Thank you, Azdanyabad. And then something that we didn't mention about in India is the head wobble. Oh, the, head wobble. the head wobble threw me off so, <laughs> so much when we were in India. And it was similar in Nepal, although it's slightly toned down in Nepal. So you, you're, you're talking with someone and trying to get a yes or no and they'll they'll respond with where their chin just kind of wags from side to side <laughs> there goes a chicken um and it is it's really confusing it looks a lot like a maybe and so that's where the confusion comes in is you're looking for a yes or no and you get kind of like eh, maybe sort of look <laughs> but it actually is is an affirmative um and so in nepal it's kind of a just a, t- a quick tilt of the chin to the left or the right and that means yes or i agree or i hear you so that was kind of interesting uh the music in nepal is similar to to, I would say India and we had our share our 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 fill of of music videos and music as we spent a lot of time on buses and the bus drivers are just maniacs about their music they really really love um, their local musicians and so and they love to blast it pretty loud for hours on end so <laughs> we got to uh, to see and enjoy a lot of music videos but um, the dancing is very similar to Bollywood and the colors are bright and it's fun and um i just i just adore it the the acting in these music videos is very sassy and very funny and it's just super entertaining. Uh, on the dance side of things, I got to learn a teeny tiny bit of Nepali dance uh, from from some middle schoolers at um, a school that I got to go visit uh, with our friend Ashley. And um, I was invited there to actually teach a hip hop class. So I got to go and, and I led, I led a big group of sixth graders in a, um, in a dance class and ended up teaching them some hip hop choreography, which is a really cool opportunity that I got to do that. But at the end I asked them if they would teach me some of their dance and they were very shy, but they taught me a little bit. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, so that was just a couple highlights about Nepal and we're going to head on into our interview with our friend Ashley. All right, Justin here. We're in Nepal with uh, Ashley Hart, a great friend from back in the States in Spokane. We were part of a college group together for a number of years and lots of adventures, and then she went to the other side of the planet. And here we happen to be at the same moment with Woo-hoo. Ashley. So, so excited for this interview. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley, <laughs> and 
Um, known Justin and Lauren for a few years, and it's such a gift to have them in Nepal with me. Um, I've lived here now for six months. This is my fifth time here to the country, and um, I am working with a school doing some research here, and um, yeah, it's been really awesome. Yeah, uh, Lauren actually got to go to this school, and it was beautiful. Oh, it was so cool. And lovely. And we'll, we'll, tell you a little bit more about that or yeah. you might have heard a little bit more about that in oh, the I just got to teach, teach a dance class yeah, to yeah. the sixth graders it was so much fun oh, it was <laughs> awesome um, anyway really awesome school and uh, so Ashley what do you think is something people should know about Nepal <laughs> um, people should know that Nepal is filled with so many wonderful people and I think that a lot of the perspective about Nepal is just a place to come and have adventure and do amazing things like climb mountains which it is but on the other side of it it's filled with people who um, are so kind and friendly and people that are so welcoming and you go into a random village in the mountains and some old lady is gonna make you <laughs> potatoes and tea and yeah, feed you her food because you're white and she loves you and yeah it's amazing so um, I would say that Nepal is filled with just so many incredible people aside from the beauty of this place and the mountains that exist here and just the way that that it is awesome great um what has been maybe a challenge about living here and a big adjustment that you've had to make um <laughs> there's so many uh, <laughs> pick a couple. <laughs> um it's yeah it's been i think the hardest thing would be just not being able to talk to people I'm a really relational person. I love friends and having friends and having deep, meaningful conversations. And so um, to miss out on that has been really challenging. But yeah, the Lord's been really faithful to provide people that speak English and um, even Nepali people that have come into my life that are friends and, and um, I can have conversations with. But the language is a hard language to learn and it's being done by me, but it's a very slow process. So... Yeah, that's definitely been the hardest thing. Yeah. Awesome. Any other questions, Lauren? What do you absolutely love about this place? Um, I love the I love the way that it is. <laughs> I, don't know, yeah. I don't know how to make like. A... Or or better, what was surprising that you didn't expect that you would love? Mm, I guess like the naturalness of it. Mm. Like it's not. It's not. I don't, I don't know how to explain that. Like, there's roosters that wake you up in the morning. And yeah. People have gardens in every single house. And, and cows walk down the streets. Cows walk down the streets. And that's just, like, normal. And um, it's really, there's a beauty and a simplicity to it that I that I love. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I was enchanted by our, our first day when you picked us up at the at the eye hospital choke. And we walked down the street. And we were in, the, in a rainstorm. But you just walked into this little corner shop and got a huge flat of chicken eggs. And no doubt the chickens were just out back. But you just got this huge flat of eggs and fresh eggs, and, yeah. and you're right, it's very natural. Yep. Yeah. Close to nature. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what is something that people um, in the States can be praying for you for? Or really, we have listeners all around the world at this point, so what, <laughs> what would you like them to pray for you for? Um, yeah, I think that the, I'm in a season where the Lord is refining some of the promises and the words that He's given me. Um, just about what my life looks like here and in that process bringing um, people and ideas and dreams um, into the mix of what's happening here and so I think just wisdom um, as I move forward and like the right people to partner with and um, the right I guess steps to take 
towards whatever the promises are and then um also just like as i i'm going to the states for a few weeks and as i transition back it's always a little bit challenging to do that and so um yeah those are the biggest things I think. awesome awesome well you heard that oh also that she would learn to ride her motorbike which yes. she's been oh. putting off yeah yes. whoa way to throw me under the bus Justin. <laughs> <laughs> i promised you would teach me and didn't hey. uh, you rejected that lesson <laughs> um yes yeah. also that i would learn how to drive my motorbike it will yeah. make life so much easier for you to get around yeah <laughs> all right well you guys pray for ashley think of her and um thank you so much yeah woohoo so, our time in Nepal was broken up into two different lives, if you will. First was in the front country, in Pokhara, a wonderful town where we got to do some life with our friend Ashley. And the second part was the trek, the Annapurna Circuit, or the APC. The APC, that's right. And I'm going to tell you about Pokhara, and then Justin's going to take it away with our trek journey. So, in Pokhara, oh gosh, we just had a very peaceful... Uh, kind of laid back time with Ashley, kind of just doing life with her. She took us to a bunch of incredible restaurants. She has a real knack for finding the spot, the place you want to go. Um, just re- ate some really good food. Our favorite food, of course, was Momo's, which I don't know, Justin, you probably want to share oh, about I what can, a Momo I can is. share about Momo's. So, first <laughs> Such of all, a good food. Might be my favorite food on the planet. And I, name, I mean, I love food, but. Did you hear that, folks? Favorite food potentially on the planet is a momo so what is a momo you might ask uh kind of like a dumpling um in consistency it's got a a doughy outside and on the inside is anything from different kinds of veggies but most popular for us for sure was the buffalo meat meat inside so deliciously seasoned buffalo meat inside uh kind of a dumpling exterior they can be fried or steamed uh, often steamed like a dumpling um just sauce. absolutely delicious. And most Momos that we tried, we liked. But we found one place, New Everest Momo, which it's just hard to describe this. We tried to get the secret recipe out of them. They but wouldn't tell us. They wouldn't tell us. Um, we know that involved something about climbing into the mountains to get this very specific herb and drying <laughs> no. and crushing it. And, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. No, but yeah. uh, it's it's this delicious sauce. Uh, it's covered in... I don't even we know thought it was it. lemon, but there actually was no lemon in it, and I think the base was actually cashew milk. Yeah, or something. probably cashew yeah. milk. Uh, There's some cilantro so, in it. Yeah, cilantro. And, and this is a big deal for me because I'm one of those people in the world who hate cilantro, can't stand it. it tastes like tin foil soap dirt. Um, but it was done so well, and just I don't know, probably just chopped so finely. It was actually really good. Anyway, the the sauce is just the creamiest, zestiest. Right goodness known to man and they serve you this little dish with like eight of these momo things on there and they come around with this carafe of hot steaming sauce and they just anytime it looks like you're running low they just pour more delicious sauce almost like a creamy alfredo sauce all over it and you just keep eating and it's just spicy enough guys we went to the new everest momo center five times easily five times within maybe three days you know yeah so anyway back to poker we also (laughs) less than a dollar so yeah yeah, it was great so yeah that was that was the restaurant scene in poker um we went to an outdoor movie theater which was really fun and um it was amazing you go up to the top of this hill overlooking the lake at sunset and they have this screen and a greek amphitheater style set of seating cut into the hillside it was pretty cool and that we watched Catch Me If You Can, solid movie. That was fun. I love DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. And they bring you pizza. You yeah. order pizza and they bring it to you at your little uh, Grecian seating area and uh, <laughs> popcorn and the sun sets and the movie goes on. And it's just a kind of a 
unlikely thing to do in the middle of a village in Nepal, or I guess a city. Yeah. But uh, still, you just, what are we doing here watching yeah. this movie? Super it was cool. Pretty yeah. Neat. yeah. We also had that yard sale, and at the yard sale, uh, just met Jonathan, who is a friend of Ashley's. And um, so while I was off teaching dance classes, he got to go ride bikes and uh, oh, yeah, mountain go on mountain biking. biking oh, yeah. So, so Jonathan uh, has a local organization um, that's helping uh, teach people about mountain biking, and he's got all kinds of good stuff going on. He's got a, a dirt jump park and um, really passionate about the local mountain biking community and got to hang out with some other uh, Nepali dudes and we went for a very tiring ride which ended up climbing and climbing and climbing to the top and overlooking the whole city and then lots and lots of fun downhill that only took 20 minutes instead of the two hours plus going up. He came back with some serious gashes all over his body. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was life in, in Pokhara and not to mention just enjoyable sweet times with Ashley. We got, you know, Pizza delivered to our house and or to her apartment and um, no, I went and picked oh, it up in the rain. Oh, with a maybe cab. that's what happened. No, we had pho <laughs> delivered. <laughs> yeah, that was nice and had some game nights and you know watched movies and just made food and and got to catch up on life with her and it was just it was really sweet. She has a cat named Poppy or Crouton, undecided. Poppy Crouton, Crouton the cat. I'm I'm voting for Crouton and this kid was so entertaining. So anyway, that was our life. Justin is now going to share about. Our adventure in the mountains Over on the trip. Annapurna Circuit. APC. So, two major things that people do trekking wise, they go to Nepal, they either do the Everest Base Camp or they might do this Annapurna Circuit. Um, and we were torn between the two. We picked Annapurna Circuit because of the variety. Uh, you get to see, I mean, it's a circuit, you see a lot, you cover a lot of ground. Um, and there's a wet side and a dry side, and uh, elevation, you know, you gain silly amounts of elevation finishing out at about 15,600 and something feet what um 17,000 17,800 feet oh my gosh yeah way up there I don't know I was delirious when I looked at the altimeter (laughs) I hiked all the way up to 17 8 yeah just for just so I could round it off um (laughs) anyway yeah so Obviously, even though uh, it's a circuit and spread out over a number of days, one of the biggest challenges to it is attaining that altitude, um, significantly higher than either of us have ever been. So didn't really have a a scope on how we were going to do it. Many people take a a guide and a Sherpa, uh, but looking at our budget and uh, just generally how we wanted to do it, also um, not much time in advance. We went to one of the guide outfits and just asked him some questions. We brought a map and said, hey, could you just give us how would you generally attack this circuit if you were going to attack it? And the guide was super nice, actually somebody that knew Ashley. And um, he just helped us out and just laid it out for us. And we gave him a little trip advisory review and stuff and um, essentially uh, gave us an overview of how we could do it and sent us on our way. And then we had to go get permits the next morning. It was pretty involved, you know, like like a big national park hike or something in a, in the States where you actually need permits for the whole thing and you need uh, to register so that they know if you get lost in there, you have the special Tim's card thing. So they you have your photo and your passport information and insurance information and everything. And pretty organized. A lot of people go through the Annapurna circuit, but it just so happens that most of them do so in October and uh, May being the other weather window that's pretty good. Um, and so we lucked out with the crowds. There really were no crowds whatsoever. Um, yeah. So it was almost a little eerie. Yeah. We're kind of out there on our own. <laughs> yeah. Zooming, zooming all the way in. It took us, took us ten days. 
um, with some bits of uh, Jeep at the start and buses at the end there um, to kind of get where we needed to be. Uh, our first day, we took a bus. Oh, my gosh. How many hours? Six hours? Seven hours? Seven hours. All the bus rides are just a little bit Really blurred. long. Kind really of block bumpy, it out. Really crazy. Not sure if we're going to live... My goodness. But you make it. Yeah, yeah. You're on the side of a cliff. Cliff edge for many hours. Yeah. Can't even describe. You're pretty much on a cliff the entire time. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're making buses go through mountains that Jeeps would go through only uh, anywhere else, else I've known. So amazing that we always got where we needed to be. But we, we started <laughs> uh, in Bessie Sahar uh, this one side. And um, it was right before my birthday, actually. So we took a, a Jeep the next morning to knock out some of the low dust land area that's kind of not as much fun to hike because so many people are driving um so we knocked out some of that by jeep uh which was an absolute adventure in itself our our hips our heads our elbows everything was sore and bruised the next day from the jostling and just it was it was off-roading for five plus hours a long time Um, but on that jeep ride we met this really awesome nepali kid named anish who really wanted to practice his his english and so justin gave him a couple grammar lessons which is pretty cool but he just took it upon himself to celebrate justin's birthday that night and he and um the the mother of the house where we stayed we stayed at a tea house that night and um it was kind of anish's pseudo family but um he and he and she made a um they they made an apple pie for Justin's birthday and brought it out to us um, by the fire and put a candle in it and they they turned on you know their speaker and played happy birthday and sang to us and then proceeded to instruct Justin on the um, the Nepali birthday tradition which is that the birthday person will has to serve everyone in the house the birthday cake or the birthday pie in this case. By fork to mouth. So Justin had to go around first to me, the uh-huh. wife, and then to the mother of the house, and then the father, and, and literally A whole fork, family. fork feed yeah. them. Total strangers, yeah, back yeah. in their house somewhere, just giving them pie. So that uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. It was a special, special birthday. Definitely a very unique birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was awesome. But um, from there, we, we started out on our actual trek. All this prep, all this time, figuring it out. We were now walking with our backpacks in the high country of Nepal. I mean, the Himalayas, first of all, the weather was amazing. It was perfect. So clear. Even from there, you could just see these larger-than-life, beautiful peaks um, looming just so high up. And every time you'd you know, get a little higher or turn a corner, you'd just see them from a different angle. You'd see a little bit more of them. And it was just this ever-beckoning thing uh, on different horizons as you just continued. And so had to keep tripping over our feet because we were just looking up all the time but um, yeah, yeah. So, so beautiful, beautiful. so the the days weren't excessively long for hiking you know we would hike maybe five hours or so and then we'd come to a tea house and that oh, was oh the tea uh, houses this is when I was like this is my kind of trekking because <laughs> you're not allowed to, or you're not really supposed to hike that far because of the the altitude and the climatization so I was like, oh, man, we don't have to push it that hard. And then once we're done with our day, we get to stay in these adorable tea houses. And they're just cozy. They're the absolute definition of coziness. And, um, yeah, you eat really good food and have hot ginger tea and garlic soup to help out with the, with the altitude. And it's oh, just and so good. Oh, and they always good. have dal bot. 
Oh, and Dalbot. Oh my goodness. This is a really good kind of lentil soupy kind of mess that you, um, you get a, you get a plate and it's filled with all these little bits of curry and veggies and, and this and that and cucumbers. And then you get a big old pile of rice and then a, a goblet. Usually you get it Dalbot served in a, in a goblet that you pour over the rice and it's just really flavorful and Oh, and the best part is it comes with free refills. So. Oh, yeah. You get as much as you want. Yeah. Oh, so good. And when you've good. been hiking and you're up at that altitude, mm-hmm. you get so hungry. And, you know, the menus are a little expensive. You often get to stay at the tea house for free. You just kind of commit to buy dinner and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely a great way to fill up. And at Super the end of the cool. day, nothing was sounded better than just a big old plate or three of doll bot. Yeah. And speaking of things that warmed our hearts and souls, one of our favorite towns was Chame, Mm. which is a town where there is a hot spring. Yep. So this is a couple days into our trek. I don't know if it was the first night or second night there uh, after we were on foot for a little while. uh, And Lauren had surprised me. She knew. She talked to Anish and he said, there's actually some hot springs. And so she surprised me. He said, you don't want to get your hopes up, but this town has hot springs. And we all know about me and hot springs. Um, (laughs) And Lauren too, of course. Yeah. But we show up, we find our tea house, we go, oh yeah, the hot spring's this way, we walk there, it's empty. And we're like, what's oh, going on? No, it's empty. And uh, But there are pipes of hot water pouring out of this kind of like cement wall, mm-hmm. and half the town is there doing laundry mm-hmm. in an empty pool, essentially. Yep, <laughs> yep, or off to the side. The main pool yeah. where it would be hot water, just empty. And we kind of tried to ask people, like, what's going not on? many people spoke English in this case, and so yeah. couldn't quite figure it out. And we even asked the gal at our tea house, and she didn't really speak English, so we just, it was a total mystery. But that evening after we ate, we just said, hey, let's just go see if it's changed. And we showed up, and magically, it was five feet deep full of oh. the cleanest, clearest, most beautiful hot spring water, and the view. From the hot spring, you could look up, and the sun was just burnt orange on these glaciated peaks in Annapurna, one or two or three, I'm not sure which ones. I think it was three. Three, probably. They're all huge. They're just beautiful, jagged Himalayan peaks, and you get to sit in this hot spring and look at these mountains as the sun goes down. So incredible. Such a good memory. Great birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Great birthday. So then we continued our trek. Um... It was steep. We had to gain uphill somehow. So oh, <laughs> we went goodness. up and up. Sometimes it was uh, sections of trails with these swinging bridges that would cross chasms of used to be kind of raging river valleys. Sometimes of the year, I'm sure they're they're flowing pretty good, but uh, really nothing but air beneath you on these swinging bridges. And the bridges are covered in these in the prayer flags. Oh, so yeah. many colorful prayer so flags. Prayer that flags. Have, they're just kind of ooh, they give you the chills because they're just there in the in the cold alpine wind just blowing in the breeze yeah. carrying with Ugh. them you know the thoughts and prayers really of the really hard to put all these pictures into words yeah. but we're trying yeah, um really. but yeah we would uh go from place to place and there weren't really many other trekkers at all like i said in october there could be hundreds of people uh really can be and it's a very very busy very popular route um but we met only a few um some of them we actually saw over and over at some of the some of the tea houses there were some people uh, the Danes, they were... Um, the Danes, oh. our Danes. They were so cool. Um, and they're just a group of young adults that were doing a gap year. And, uh, Ida, Mikael, and... Michael. Michael. Yep. M- Michael, Mikael, Mikael, Michael. Yep. And Cecilia. And Cecilia, <laughs> yeah. Uh, such cool, just awesome young adults. And uh, we, we just connected with them and hung out and uh, shared Dalbot and sh- shared memories and also kind of shared the struggles of the journey, especially yeah. as the altitude got more and Oof. some worried chats over maps and time frames <laughs> and, uh, 
uh, kind of saying, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Should you know, we stay here another day or should we go on? Uh-huh. Should we climb high and sleep low? How are you feeling? How are you yeah, feeling? All that. Um, so speaking of how we're feeling, you're supposed to take a rest day uh, at a certain point. There's a town called Manang. Um, that as you get, you know, above 9,000 feet, especially 10,000 feet, you really need to slow your ascent down quite a bit. And so they, they recommend a full, full rest day. Uh, so we took our rest day in Manang and they had really not much to do. We're just kind of there going for a little hike. And, uh, we saw these movie theaters. I'm like, what in the world? How could there be a movie theater here? Well, we inquired. It's actually more of like a mud and brick hut thing. It's like a cave dug <laughs> out of the the mountain where you climb inside and there's these like giant piles of blankets, like yeah. really fluffy, it's dirty, oh, we dusty it's cold. A little bit cold. blankets. Yeah. So and like plastic chairs. So we. <laughs> We watched a movie, and uh, we, we got to decide what movie we were going to watch, and I don't know what possessed us to choose to see the movie Everest. Well, there's some people from Switzerland that uh, wanted to see it, too. And... Yeah. I thought, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know it was a tragedy. I, I just thought, oh, cool, it's kind of like what we're doing, you know, Nepal and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, I didn't know that it was going to be... Um, the kind of story that it was, which if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, everybody dies. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not good um, <laughs> psychologically. And uh, th- at this point in our adventure, I'm going to just kind of put the story on hold and we're going to have that brief discussion about anxiety that I wanted to share. And um, yeah, so just generally in this in this world trip that we've done, there have been some things that we've done that have really pushed my my limits as far as like what I'm physically comfortable with doing. And a lot of it had to do with, um, kind of claustrophobia and, and breathing and the fear of not being able to breathe. So three times that I've faced this on the trip, the first one was, um, in Thailand as we, um, were doing scuba diving, obviously you kind of deal with the whole, like, Oh, I'm underwater. Am I going to breathe? And, um, I did have, some moments while we were down 18 meters down and, um, I got some water in my, in my throat and started coughing and, and forgot that I was able to cough into my regulator and started having these thoughts of like, I'm stuck. I'm under the water. I can't breathe. I'm going to die. You know, essentially you go down that downward spiral and then, you know, your tunnel vision starts happening and, and it's, your heart starts racing and it's bad. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was one experience. And then the second one was, in India, in a lot of sp- places where I felt like I didn't have space for my human body to be, <laughs> have its own personal bubble. There were just crowded trains or even just being on planes. I don't know. All of a sudden, I just started feeling really claustrophobic. And so I kind of had to um, deal with that and and allow those feelings to come and, and was just like, this is not like me. I don't normally get anxiety. I don't really experience that anxious feeling of panic. Um, but just lately just being on this trip and, and having these extreme things happen. So then the third thing was, of course, as we get higher up, um, the air is getting thinner. And even though my body is doing the best that it can to, uh, become acclimatized and able to, to exist at that altitude, there are still moments of, um, I feel like I don't have enough oxygen and truly I didn't. Um, for instance, one night we're falling asleep and I, uh, you just, you kind of, your body wakes itself up and you're like (gasps) gasping for breath because you don't have enough or at the very top, um, we'll share this when we talk about the past too, but I 
I genuinely was experiencing the high altitude sickness. I, I was disoriented. I was confused. I, my whole body kind of felt tingly. And um, I didn't really notice things that were happening around. I just was focusing on climbing, just get to the top. Um, and uh, I had a horrible headache. Uh, I wanted to fall asleep really badly. So there was a lot of anxiety leading up to that point when I was trying to fall asleep and feeling like I don't have enough air. So in all of this, I've just had to really pray and ask for God's peace in those moments. Um, but something that I learned in Thailand, actually, when we were in at Tonsai Beach, I was talking with this one gal who was actually a psychologist or psychiatrist. I'm not really sure. Um, and she, I kind of, we, we got talking about this anxiety and this claustrophobia and she counseled me to allow those feelings to come, to allow a panic attack to happen. And, um, and that was her advice. She's like, we just, we tell our clients, you know, to accept the feeling of the anxiety and just see what happens if you just let the panic happen. Don't try to fight it. Don't try to force it. And so in all these scenarios, I, I started trying to use that technique of just allowing the anxiety, let it happen, let it come at me. And it's interesting, it's like it's a trick. Because the second that I say, okay, I'm okay with the fear, I'm, an, I'm okay with the anxiety, it disappears completely. It's just gone. And I think it's because anxiety is so much about the fear of the fear. So when you eliminate, okay, the fear itself isn't scary, you remember, oh, I am breathing. I'm gonna be okay. I, I have what I need. I'm prepared for this. And, and it's just... Yeah, so that's kind of how I got out of those situations. But I feel stronger because of it. Um, but it was it was downright scary, absolutely. Yeah. So. so, super glad that you've been able to kind of work through that, figure yeah, it out. I mean, we, we all we all have those moments. I definitely do. You know, uh, with the breathing, uh, uh, there was there was a few times where I was like, I feel like. I just need to be lower than I am right now. And you can't fix that problem quickly. You know, be, your body just knows yeah, it. The like, hours oh. and, you know, and that's really what you need to do, uh, depending on your symptoms and stuff. And mm -hmm. so going over the pass, which we'll talk about right now, uh, we were at, uh, Torung Petty, which is, uh, the last kind of, there's a high camp, but really most people stay at this one called Torung Petty. And, uh, it's, it is way, way up there. I mean, you're at, gosh, 14,000 something feet and you're sleeping at that altitude. And let's just, let's just call it sleeping. You don't sleep very well. Um, we had a fun party the night before though. There was a guitar and a gym bay and some other people that were trying to get rid of the nervous energy of <laughs> should we go today? Should we go tomorrow? The Danes ended up staying an extra rest day there because they just weren't feeling super good. They're feeling a little anxious and nauseous and, um, you know, we all were just feeling how, how very exposed we were, you know, we were just yeah. way up there, middle of nowhere. And we were in a tea house, um, but the tea houses get more rustic as you go. The supplies are more limited and, and more expensive. Yeah. And you feel less and less safe and secure. Like you could just get out of there. I mean, we were quite a while past where the Jeeps could access. So everything at this point was brought in by, um, mule trains only. And so there was really, or helicopter yeah, by emergency barring, barring helicopters, there was no easy fix to your problems. So, yeah. um, uh, we also met a couple from Israel and they said, we're going to go tomorrow. We're going to do it. So, Hey, well, how, how about, why don't we team up on this? You know, yeah. just so if somebody gets hurt, you know, somebody else is around to run for yeah. help. So, which was a good idea. Yeah. And that, that they said, yep, that actually sounds like a good idea for us too. So, uh, and they went our pace. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Didn't know them at all, but you know, we got to know them over the next, uh, day, quite the ordeal. I'm not sure how many hours it took to go up and down. 10. 
10, probably the 10, 10, hours, 10 hour day. Is a 10 um, hour day. One of the harder hikes packs on that I've probably done, I think mostly the altitude, not so much uh, the distance, but uh, it was a good distance as well. But man, it was every step was a few breaths, you know, labored, and so you're really, you know, sometimes breathing. trying to get get over and we, you know, of course had our full packs and everything and, um, Oof. oh, and you get up and then you start looking at the glaciers and you realize you're at the same level or higher than a lot of the glaciers on the peaks around you. And, uh, you know, you're walking next to them at some points. So you're mm-hmm. just like, oh man, we really are way up here. Um, it was so gorgeous. We started before the sun rose and got to watch the ugh, sunrise. It was amazing. It was, it was pretty incredible. Many false summits. Oh my gosh. Oh, like an 17. Hour, an hour and a half of, yep, we got to be at the top. Oh, that's got to be it. Get over the rise. Oh, nope. Further, yet. further, oh, further. Gosh. Finally, we can see the prayer flags. The huge pile of prayer flags. Yeah. The more, the more, Aww. the bigger the summit, the more prayer flags, apparently. So anyway, yeah. uh, except Everest, they don't keep much up there, I don't think. Yeah. Um, at base camp, they do, from what I understand. But yes, just a pile of prayer flags and a sign that says, congratulations, <laughs> you, you made it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, ugh, we just put our packs down and at this point, the clock was kind of ticking. We didn't want to spend too much time way up there. We weren't feeling very good. And um, the solution is go downhill. And mm-hmm. it was either go downhill back the way we came or... You know, at that point, exhibiting symptoms a little bit, we said, let's just push past it, and on our way downhill, we'll feel better and better and better. So right. we knew we really couldn't yeah. hang out up top for a long, long Mm-mm. time. I mean, uh, it can be totally safe, but if you're exhibiting symptoms, you really should, you know, downhill is your answer. So um, we stayed up there for maybe 10 minutes, took a bunch of pictures, um, uh, shared some bread with uh, some... Some Nepali ladies. Uh, some Nepali ladies that had come up uh, on horseback. They're just so crazy. They came up from the other side through the valley on horseback. <laughs> and they, so they gave us some bread. They actually needed water, so we gave them some more water. Um, had a cool moment just kind of connecting with them at the top of the world there. And, um, Namaste. Uh, it was cold. It was windy. It was exposed. Um, but we started heading downhill. And just, and just as we were heading downhill you just kind of start to feel that anxiety level drop because you know with every step so good to head down (laughs) yeah the air is easier to breathe really with every 10 minutes that pass um that being said it was still many hours many many hours of steep crazy downhill um so kind of to wrap it up uh, we finally made it down to muktinath a really cool town bigger town uh, all the way at the bottom and uh did a little horseback ride there we took a rest day did some horseback riding and um, we ran into our Dane friends again. They had made it yeah. um, after we had, you know, d- taken an extra day there, and uh, we all got a bus together. Laura and I actually had to ride up front in the front of the bus because they outsold all the seats, and they said we want to be on the same bus. What can you do? I said, well, you can ride right next to the driver. Oh, plus eight <laughs> other people in the front of the bus, <laughs> literally in the little cab. Eight oh, people, so yeah, awesome. no joke. Yeah. Um, anyway, we made it down to another hot spring at Tatapani. Tatapani, uh, which um, yeah. is the name of the town, and the word actually means hot spring. Yeah, so they were go figure. Yeah. and it's an awesome hot spring there, and um, gosh, yeah, super fun. Hang out with the Danes one more night, and uh, then another intense, crazy, gnarly bus ride uh, all the way down, 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 down. Saw two or three rolled trucks slash buses, uh, not rolled right away, but they were they were still there from maybe a day or two before. So we didn't want to be one of them, and we were very glad that we didn't roll, but it was that kind of a bus ride. So without going into that more, we ended up back at Pokhara, safe and sound, breathing easy. In conclusion, we love Nepal, 
and um, we really genuinely, gosh, I feel like we say this about every place, but we, we genuinely want to bring um, our friends, our family, whoever wants to come with us back to do a, another trek, maybe the same one, maybe a different one, but it was just incredible. And um, we also got to spend some really good time with Ashley's community. Um, she's got a great community of believers, and um, we even had some people visiting from Abu Dhabi who um, were just there to encourage um, the people there doing doing work and um, and they prayed for us and it was just a really encouraging time of worship and prayer and um, it really filled our hearts and souls so Ashley and Nepal and the Nepali people and the mountains we love you and we're just so grateful that we got to spend time there